welcome to track number 12 of Tell Them. Father, thank you for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 37. <laughs> you must be a soul winner so that you will become one of the stars who will shine forever. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. We have 63 more reasons to go. Is this number 36? No, no, number 36. Okay, number 36 is allow the Lord to send you out to win souls so that you will not be sent out by persecution or other troubles. That is number 36. All right, like in the book of Acts, the people of God, right, the people of God were sent out by persecution. People of God were sent out by persecution. Okay, number 37, you must be a soul winner so that you become one of the stars who will shine forever. Hallelujah. How many want to be a star who will shine forever? I remember when my little sisters were much younger. One of their stars was Michael Jackson. How many years did he shine for? It was a short shine, isn't it? Shining was very short. I remember when Abedipele was a star in Ghana. Do you remember Abedipele? Huh? He was a star in the whole of Africa. Yeah. I remember Pele, when Pele was a star. Maradona. How long did these stars shine for? Huh? Few days, few months. Do you see? Like a flower that fades. Amen. Amen. But Daniel 12, 3 says that they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever and ever. Wow. There is, there is no promise like this one. But somebody who turns many people to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. One time I was coming home to Ghana and I was on the flight with a football star, Tony Yeboah. When I saw him, I, I was wondering, is this person? The shine was gone. 
So I, I was, I, as I, I chatted with him for a while, you know, and I, and I asked him some questions. So I said, uh, because I think Ghana had played, Ghana had played, or Ghana was going to play in the World Cup. No, we had just played. So I asked him, couldn't you have played? And yourself and Abedi Pele, couldn't you have played for us so that we could have scored Brazil? Because our main problem was that we couldn't score the goals. We had attackers who could run, run, making everybody tired, but they couldn't score. He said, if they had asked us, we could have also done what we could have. So I asked him, I said, I asked him a question, is it true that when you get older, you can't really play? He said, oh, it's true. I said, how do you know? He said, at a point you see that the shots are not going straight. (laughs) He said that the accuracy, the thing is different. He said, there's a difference. It's a study, but at a point you see that there is a difference. The brightness of the stars is just coming down. Just a few years. Hey! I said, really? I never knew because I, I don't know much about football. But he said, you can see. It's like you shoot and it's like it would have, some time ago it would have gone straight. But now it doesn't go straight. Something little has changed. Huh? Yeah. Something little has changed. Amen. Amen. And you realize that um, you are just not the same. But there is a promise for all of you who never made television headlines. Are you glad that there is a promise for you? He says, you shall shine as the stars. Forever and forever. And who, who, who will shine? Somebody who turns people to righteousness. That's the person. Who, it didn't say those who give to the poor. It didn't say those who pray a lot. It didn't say those who fast a lot. You see, that's what I'm saying that there are many things you can do for somebody. But there is a particular thing when you do for the person. You'll find out that you've touched the person's heart. You've really touched a very tender area. For instance, there are things that offend people. Like with me, there are some things I don't like. You know. But you wouldn't know what I don't like. You can't easily know what I don't like. But there's something that puts me off. And as soon as I smell that thing, I, 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 it's, but it's, you can't easily know what it is. You see, because people are difficult to know. You know? And, um, but you see, in this case, God is showing us what, when you do, you sort of touch the actual nerve. You know, on your body, some parts are sensitive, but some parts are more sensitive. When you are going to get married, you'll be taught from the marriage book which places have feelings. <laughs> or oh, you, you don't understand the message. 
You are not married, but you know already. For guys. From one or two experiences. One or two hundred experiences. And on your body, there may be one or two places that have a certain sensitivity. And the reason why it has a sensitivity is because there's a lot of nerve endings there. You know you have nerves. If everybody feel under your, your elbow, the left, the inner side, you see the bone there. And then feel under it, you feel something like a cord. Rub it. That's a big nerve. That's the ulnar nerve. It's going. That's what gives supplies all this left side here. And when it gets to the end, it comes out onto your fingers. It distributes very small. And so there are some places where a big nerve, like when it comes, there's a lot of nerves that accumulate at a particular point and makes that place sensitive. You get it? So the body (laughs) has some particular places where a lot of nerves, this is one of the nerves, you can actually feel a nerve come to. And God also has a spot that his nerves come to. And that's soul winning. Hey! Not prayer. Not fasting. Not uh, get-togethers. Not giving to the poor. Giving to church. Paying tithes. All these things. And they're all important. And they must all be done. They're all very good. And you can have 100 scriptures for each one. But you have this particular thing that you see that the person who can turn people to righteousness is a special person who God likes. May you be liked by the Lord. Amen. Alright. Number 38. You must be a soul winner so that you will be invited to dinner at the tree of life. He that hath an ear, Revelation chapter 2 verse 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise to God. Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 2. You can open to Revelation chapter 2. Verse 7. Him that overcometh. Him that overcometh. When you overcome in this world, and you are, look, for me to be an evangelist, how many of you watched the DVD last night? You know that I've had to overcome many things to stand on that platform. Huh? For many, many years in the ministry. And there is still a platform for me to stand on. One day I had a vision. I was coming onto a stage to preach. And I was coming from behind. The stage was in front of me. And just as I climbed the stage, I met some beings which started to fight with me to prevent me from coming onto the stage. But I couldn't see what was ahead. 
what was I, I couldn't see the field, the people. So I realized I was being resisted. And I started to fight. And then I broke through and I came onto the stage and I saw the crowd. Be, beyond where my eye could see. And the Lord told me, the devil is fighting to prevent you from seeing something. To ever stand on a stage like that to preach at a crusade, you have to overcome many things. As a pastor, this, that, financial, whatever. I mean, to be able to have, to be able to not go to a church on a Sunday morning. Because on Sunday, I don't belong to any particular church. I, I, and my church is the Kodesh. But on Sunday morning, if I'm not here, I can be here or there, anywhere. I can choose. Do you get it? Or you don't get it? You have to overcome so many things. Branches, disloyalty, this, so many things. You think about the work you are doing. You have to overcome so much before you ever become an evangelist. That's why there are few evangelists. Benihin uses $1.8 million every five days. To run his ministry. One, two, three, four, five. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, $1.8 million. That's how much he uses. I didn't say, he said it. You need to overcome a lot of things to raise such amounts of money to, to do the kind of work that they are doing. Television everywhere and crusades and so on. Our crusades cost more than $100,000 for one. You need to overcome a lot to raise that one. Bonkis crusade costs about 720. It's on their website. You can see. 700 and something thousand dollars for one crusade. So ours, ours is still very cheap. About 130,000 dollars to do a crusade. It's cheap. It's one of the cheapest crusades. <laughs> so he that overcometh, he will be invited to eat of the tree of life. How many know that it's a privilege? To be invited to dinner. Huh? Has it happened to you before where there's a dinner and you were not invited? And then there was a dinner where you were invited. Do, do, do you sense the privilege? Yeah. You feel special. And when we get to heaven, some people will be saying, it's time for dinner. And they'll be calling, you, 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 no, not you, not you, not you. Come, let's go, we are going to eat dinner. To eat of the tree of life. Hey! I remember some years ago, I went to Korea, my first time or second time. And I was invited. Miss Lee came to me and said, Dr. Cho, inviting you for the board dinner. You are not a board member, but inviting you as a special guest. I said, me? It couldn't be. Then who? But it was me. Number two. So I went. I'd never been for everybody in suit, tie, dark suit, dinner in the highest, high class hotel in Seoul, Korea. So when we enter the place, first when you come, they serve you, uh, no, I mean drinks, not champagne, drinks, different cocktails. We'll all be standing there. Then they open a door and you go into where the tables are. Where the, and so you see, you, you, you'll be there. And it's like, where do you sit? So we're, we're just standing there wondering. 
what was going to happen next. And then suddenly a short Korean man, a, bil- a billionaire, a billionaire who works for Dr. Cho. You know, he doesn't work for him. He works with him. He helps him. He told me my aim is to just help Dr. Cho. Whatever dream he has, I pay, I pay for it. So this man came to come and said, come. Dr. Cho says you come and sit by him. Hey, I was invited. So I, I told my wife, come, let's go. So we went and we sat there. You know, and then he was just talking, talking with us. I was sitting by and they were serving, I think, Korean food. I tell you, if you have not been sent, you cannot easily eat that food. But what saved us was that the waiters come after everything they put, they come about eight or nine or ten times. They put something there, then they'll leave it with you. Then you smell it small. Then they'll come, they'll take it out, they'll bring another thing. So by the time one wasn't finishing, but you see, I was fried by Dr. Cho, who was eating the Korean things with glee and strength. But I tell you, it, it, it's, there's a feeling to be invited. Come, come sit with me. First of all, to be invited to the dinner, then to be asked to come. Can you imagine? Because you, you want so many to righteousness. You know, come. Come and sit by the Lord. Hey, forever and ever. I, I, I want you to be a soul winner. How many want to be soul winners? Yeah, you, you must use your life to help people to come to God. Even if you have bad feelings. How many have bad feelings? Are the bad feelings coming sometimes? Don't worry. That's why I came here to assure you that those bad feelings, we've all been having them. Elijah was number one. A man of like passions. Just like you and just like me. Hey! Geraldine, is it not true? It is true or it is not true? Yes. So all those bad feelings, you still have to preach. And I see you being invited. Number 39. You must be a soul winner so that you will be invited to the royal family. Invited by the royal family or to the royal family of heaven. To join the royal family. I know you don't understand this one. I said to join the royal family. What is a royal family? In England, they have a royal family, isn't it? Who are the royal family? Prince Charles. Princess Diana was a nursery school teacher and she was invited to become a member of the royal family. Right. Now, how do you get invited to join? When we get to heaven, all these things are there. You see that there are people who are part of the royal family and those people who are part of the royal family are kings, queens, princesses, princes. And the characteristic of a prince or a princess or a queen or a king is that they wear crowns. Now, not all of us are going to wear crowns. Some people are going to be given crowns. And as soon as you are given the crown, you are in a different category. Because you wear a crown, you are a king, you are a queen. You are reigning. It's one of the clear rewards. So suddenly, Busola, you find out that, wow, you are part of the, I mean, not the royal family of the biggest Nigerian chief. <laughs> what is his name? 
Igwe. Is that the name of the Nigerian chief? Igwe? Every chief is Igwe. Or the Asantehini. In Ghana, the biggest chief is the Asantehini. One day I was looking for one of my pastors and I couldn't find him. He disappeared. So I was in the church where somebody brought a newspaper and said, look at pastor so and so. I said, where is he? And they showed me the picture of the chief. And who was standing with the chief? Also wearing the cloth and with all the royal people, my pastor who was missing. (laughs) I didn't know that he was part of the royal family. I didn't know. He's a member. And that was one of the reasons why he had disappeared. (laughs) I see you joining the royal family. You'll be passing by, they'll say, King, King Kauhelo. Princess Zama. And they call, then you say, (laughs) you have to learn all the practice. Start practicing now. How to be, how to walk, yes. You have to walk as if there's an egg on your head, like that. My wife's school, they teach them to walk like walk as if there's something on your head. How to sit. You can't sit anyhow when you're a princess. Just throw your legs anywhere. Be faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Hallelujah. Sing me one of those songs quickly. Number 40. You must be a soul winner so that you will escape damage at the second death. The damage of the second death. Revelations chapter 2 verse 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death death the second death is going to be a terrible experience for some people at your judgment you will may die the second time the second death you see going from here to eternity will be a terrible experience for some people but may it never be a terrible experience for you in the name of Jesus may it be a good experience for you I said, may it be a good experience for you. I met a brother who went to America and he said, I wish I hadn't come here. Going to America was a bad experience for him. I've seen people who've gone to places and it it ended up being a bad experience for them. But there are people who go to places and it's turned out to be a good experience. May your entrance into heaven be a good experience. May you enter with joy. May you, never, may you never be hurt by the second death. May you never experience damage or hurt at the second death. The Bible says, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Some people are going to enter heaven 
naked. They will be saved, but they will be saved like somebody who's been saved through fire. What does it mean if you are saved through fire? Huh? If you are saved, you run out with nothing. With your pajamas, or if they're necessary, naked. Fire will burn the pajamas. You are supposed to take off everything and run out. Yeah. Yeah. So when you are saved through fire, your briefcase is bent. Your DVD player is bent. Your hair is bent. Your body is bent. Everything is bent. Huh? And you come out and you stand out and you look at the house. Huh? My furniture that I bought at Pick and Pay. My new dress that I bought at Pick and Pay. All the things that I have, they're all burning. And here I am with nothing. I know a certain lady, she was she was killed and they burnt her. Her son was telling me when they took my mother, when I went to the mortuary, saw my mother. She said, she, she, she bent, her hair was bent off. Everything was bent off and she was lying there. She, 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 they rescued the body from the fire. Even the hair was gone. You get it? So, to go to heaven, just bare. You couldn't take anything with you. Is salvation alright, but you may not be so happy with your salvation. You managed to escape. You managed to enter. But there is something you lost. That's why I said you will not be hurt by the second death. So don't be saved as by fire. You just scrape through. No shoes, no credit cards, no money, no addresses. No documents. Maybe you even own a house somewhere where the documents have been bent. Everything is gone. That's that's a salvation through fire. But I want you to enter a heaven in grand style with things. How many want to go with things? One of my friends, the doctor, my classmate, he lived in England for some years. He bought a nice BMW. One day he took me for a ride in his BMW. It was like an aeroplane. I enjoyed the ride. A car that I don't like at all is BMW, but I enjoyed that ride. So, he was telling me, you know, I'm going to America. I said, wow. We got to his house. He had a nice sound system. He put it on with the remote. And it started playing. When he had nice chairs, I sat on the chairs. Very soft. Wow. He had a nice house. So I said, when are you going? He said, oh, in a few months. So I said, what are you going to do with the nice chairs? I can't take it. Sound system. I, said, I can't take it because in America they use 110 volts. They use 220 volts. So I said, what about your nice BMW? 
He said, I want to, I can't take it because they drive on the left in England and they drive on the right in America. So as he was going into America, he was going just naked. Then also his certificates that he brought from England, they didn't accept it in America. So he has to leave that one and go and start all over again. So even from England to America, he was saved by fire. How much more going to heaven? What are you going to take with you? One million rands? Fourteen houses? Twenty million dollars? Nothing can go. When my father died, he was lying in the coffin. Somebody brought some money to put in for transport. I said, why? I need the money. Bring the money. Use the money. In Ghana, if you die, you cannot even take your shoes. One of the things of a dead body in Ghana is that they, they don't put on shoes. Because they feel that the, the dead person will come and walk in the house. After, with the shoes. Click, 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 click. Here. So when you die, you cannot even take your shoes. No shoes, nothing. Lady Pastor Juanita, we have a big job to do now. All her clothes. My wife is the one who has to go and take all those things. Because when she died, she didn't take them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Her shoes. Even shoes that she hadn't worn before. Her hats, her dresses. They're all in the room. When, when, when I go to Bishop Bishosaki, we sitting in the room, look around and say, hey, I think this is this, this, this. All I, she, she couldn't take. Mercy. <laughs> so what can you take? The Bible says, and I heard a voice crying from heaven saying, blessed are the dead which die in their Lord, for they shall rest from their labors and their works. Their works. Do follow them. There is only one thing that can cross. And that is your works. Your clothes cannot go. Your money cannot go. Your certificates cannot go. But your works can go. Your churches that you started, they can cross. It it is transferable currency. The souls that you want, they can cross. You know sometimes when you are going on board a plane, they say you can't take this, you can't take this, you can't take this, but you can take this, you can take this, but you can't take this. That's a, it's a message. It's a message. Every time you are getting on a plane, it's a message. You can't take this. You can't take this. You can't take, but you can take this. You can take this. The books are written if they are spiritual and if they are God's quality. They can cross, but if not, they can't cross. Tintin cannot cross. Do you know Tintin? <laughs> Captain Haddock and all, they cannot cross. more than the thing 
things that surround you, you must arise and open your eyes. Sometimes we're too busy to share, but Jesus wants us to care, to care. Open your arms to the wicked and shivering. Open your arms, open your arms. We need a little less, take it a lot more giving. We're so safe and warm, we can open our arms and love a little bit stronger and pray. You must be a soul winner so that you will enjoy the hidden manna. Hidden manna. Revelation chapter 2 verse 17. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Now what is hidden manna? Do you want to know what is hidden manna? How many want to know what is hidden manna? Do you want to know what is hidden manna? Well, I don't know what is hidden manna. 
I don't know what is hidden manna, but I know that there is something called hidden manna. And I don't know what it does, but I want it. Because it is a reward for those who overcome. Yes. It, it must be something good. I don't know what it is and what it does and what is the use of that thing. But I tell you, if you go to some of the villages we went to and you gave them a credit card and you say, here is a credit card, use it for whatever. You can buy as much as you want in that village. You tell them, they will not know what it is. You tell them, when you come to the city or whatever, you can use it. They they may just throw it away. You see? So there are places, it's when you get there. That's when you will even understand this thing. It is very good that I have one. Hidden manna. I see you eating some hidden manna one day. Number 42. You must be a soul winner so that you will be given a white stone. White stone. Hey! What is a white stone? Do you want to know what a white stone is? I can't hear you. I said, do you want to know what a white stone is? Are you sure you want to know what a white stone is? I don't know what a white stone is. But I want a white stone. How many want a white stone? If there is a white stone, I also want one of the white stones. Whatever it is used for, I want that white stone. Tell somebody, I need a white stone. I want a white stone. I'm having my white stone. I'm getting my white stone. Yeah. Ask your neighbor, what is the white stone? What are you going to do with it? I want it. Alright, number 43. So that you must be a soul winner so that you will be appointed over nations. Hmm. Nations. This is why you not stand for elections. You will be appointed. Revelation chapter 2 verse 26. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end. Wow. Everybody say to the end. Yeah. Him will I give power over the nations. I saw Reinhard Bonke in Indonesia. He's 67 or 68 years old. He's going to be 70. And he was preaching. He said, my son told me, daddy, you are now getting older. You must slow down. You have to slow down. You think you are getting older. You are getting to the end. Do you know what he told his son? He said, my son, you listen to me. When a jumbo jet 
is on the runway. And it is getting to the end of the runway. That is when the speed increases more. And then it takes off and it goes into the air. To land at a new Jerusalem. He said, now that I'm getting to the end, my speed is now going to increase more. Hallelujah! He told, he said, my, but listen to carefully to what I'm telling you. It's not now that you are going to slow that jumbo jet that is about to take off. Are you going to slow down? Hey! It is now that the speed has to increase. He said, he that is faithful with my works to the end. It's not just about starting the works. It's about finishing the works. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, my son, you listen to me now. As I'm getting to the end of the runway. My speed is going to increase. And I'm going to take off. And land in the new Jerusalem. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. That keepeth my works to the end. I will give him power over nations. I mean, they are not going to call you director in heaven. They are going to, they are not going to call you manager in heaven. They are going to call you king, king, king something, queen something, princess. I'm not going to call you my manager. What is a manager? What a manager? What is an officer? You are not going to be an officer in heaven. You are going to be a king and a queen. I, I see you shining with your crowns, and I see you, I mean, maneuvering over nations. Ah, you say manager, medical officer. Housing officer, public officer, managing director, deputy manager, director of finance. What is that? I am a king and a queen in heaven. Hey! Sit down. He that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end, I will give him the morning star. Do you know what a morning star is? Do you know what an evening star is? What about afternoon star? Do you want to know what a morning star is? How many want to know what a morning star is? I don't know what a morning star is. But I want a morning star. <laughs> I want it. I like it. I, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what you do with it. But I want it. Because it is available to those who overcome. And I intend to overcome and collect my morning star. You see me heaven with my hidden manner, my white stone, my morning star. Hey! Just now, when I was preaching, I heard an angel whispering into my ear. And the angel said, You think it is a joke, but it is real. Hey! Hey! 
here when the angel whispered into my ear that you think it's a joke or you are saying something that is funny but it's a real thing it's a real thing it's a real thing you sit there and be buying video the dvd players and satellite dishes and i mean which cannot be used even just when you go to your village it does not work from here to your village it doesn't work you'll be there There's a man, do you know James Sepulveda? Do you know, do you, do you want to know what happened to him? Yeah. Sit down, I'll tell you what happened to him. <laughs> James Sepulveda. He was going to have an operation. He was awake throughout the whole time. And everything was going well in the operation. Suddenly, he says, I felt a searing pain in the middle of my heart. And the pain ran across my shoulders, down my chest and my side. As I began to lose consciousness, I could feel the doctors pounding my chest. They had a heart condition. Jesus, he was a Christian. If it's my time to come home, I'm ready. I thought, I love you. I was engulfed in complete peace with no fear of death. As a dark shadow came around me, I could hear voices from far away echoing like a tunnel. We are losing him. We are losing him. Losing him. Suddenly I opened my eyes and I was standing in a field surrounded by acres of green grass every blade glowed as if it was backlit by a tiny spotlight flowers everywhere the air around me was permeated with love i walked over a hill the blinding aura was too bright to look and a light began to appear beside the tree as my eyes moved upwards i glimpsed the hem of a seamless white gown Higher, I could make out the form of a man's body. Around his head shone an even brighter brilliance. I knew immediately I was standing in the presence of Jesus Christ. Jim, I love you. His voice washed over me. Indescribably gentle and tender. You remember I was telling you about tenderness. Shepherdoria tenderness. Shepherdoria kindness and peaceful softness and the voice and he said jim i love you but it's not your time yet you must go back for you have many works for me yet to do i stood in awe unable to utter a sound inside of me i was protesting that i was never going to go back i wanted to stay right there beside him Almost with a hint of a chuckle, he spoke again. Jim, I love you, but it is not your time yet. Pastor Kruppe was driving from work one day, isn't it? And then you were 
your eyes closed and open and you were suddenly where? You are about to fall off what? N1. Is it downstairs? The N4 is down. And then it's an interchange. He was just about to go over. He was going to, go, go to fly. Have you seen Rambo or those guys who fly? In the he was just about to do something. Or James Bond. But, see, but the angel of the Lord saved him from going over. Otherwise, we would have buried him a long time ago. Yeah. You see, the angels are at work. In this vision, Rick Joyner, when Jesus was moving, when he came out of the wilderness, there were thousands of angels. Angels, not one or two. The angels, they're moving thousands. Big ones, small ones, all kinds. Angels at work, depending on your calling. Then the brilliant surrounded me and engulfed me. Then the blue mist of light began to come around me like a fog and turned into a dark shadow and everything went blank. Suddenly, this is a man whom they were operating on in his heart, but he was awake. I opened my eyes and I realized I was lying on the operating table covered with a sheet. I didn't know until later that I had been clinically dead for eight minutes. They had, he was dead and they had covered him in the operating table room. Everybody had left the operating room except for the main surgeon and one of his assistants. They were at the back of the room filling out my death um, yes, report on my death. After a few minutes, I sat up. The sheets <laughs> the sheets the sheet slid down my lap. And I saw two men at the far side of the room with their backs to me. So the, the men were there writing. Then I said, Gentlemen. <laughs> hey! I said, Gentlemen, I am ready to proceed. If you are, they turned and looked at me, their faces white. Finally, the surgeon said, Get the rest of them in here quickly. They ran test after test after test after test. That evening, I told my doctor what I had experienced during those eight minutes I died on the table. Jim, he said, After I was done, I'm going to show you something you won't believe. He said, together we looked at the new picture of my heart. Rather than being enlarged, it was now the normal size. Where there had been 85% blockage in the arteries, in two arteries, there was now no arteriosclerosis and the main valve was functioning normally. <laughs> His heart, this thing was blocked. That's why he was having a heart attack. He was going to die. It was now clear. We ran test after test on you, Jim. And he looked at me and winked. This is off the record. According to this picture, this Jesus you've been talking about has either replaced or repaired your heart. (laughs) Hallelujah! Why did Jesus do that? 
Eight minutes covered with a sheet. And the two doctors are sitting at the back there writing the death certificate. Then you stand up and say, Gentlemen, I'm ready to continue. Why? Because, because he said, He that keepeth my works to the end. There are works. He told him there is work for you to do. Remember, I was giving you that reason, the first reason for being a soul winner is that there is work for you to do. Amen. There is work for you to do. Alright? Do you now know Jim Sapelvida? Alright. Number 45. Hey, we are only on 45. Okay. You must be a soul winner so that you will wear heavenly designer clothes. Heavenly designer clothes. Not what you bought at pick and pay. What other shop do you have in South Africa? Mr. and Mrs. Bright. Mr. Price. Woolworth. Huh? Markham's. Jet. Okay. Mr. Price. Revelation chapter 3 verse 5. He that overcometh the shame shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will confess his name. Amen. You shall be clothed in white raiment. Do you know what these white robes are? How many would like to wear a white robe all the time? Are you sure? On earth, would you like to wear white? Uh-huh. So, you see, it doesn't look very attractive. If they had said, I wear new jeans, he shall receive new jeans and new this and new that. Yeah. But you see, in heaven, this white robe may be the latest and the best. One day I was with a certain rich man. And he saw another rich person. And he started to, to, to say the things that the person had. He said, I saw your Gucci bag. He was mentioning the type of bag, the type of shoes, the type of watch that cost this thousand pounds, this thousand dollars. It's like in this area, there are people who know what your watch is, what is this, what is that, what is all those things, you know. But I tell you, for me, all these things, you see, there is a place where we are going to sports. Uh-huh. We are going to dress. It's not here. When you wear your shoe, only a few people in the world know the price of your dress and of your things. It's just a few people you can impress. Somebody once gave me a very expensive watch. Thousands and thousands of dollars. I, I never wear it. I have it there. I just I said, what is the use of this? In gold. I said, because it's like it impresses some people. And I'm not here to impress some people. If you wear something this, and they see, they know. Hey. So when he gave it, I went to the I went to a shop and I showed them. Oh, this is this. And they showed me the price. Hey, I couldn't believe it. Thousands. 
Useless. Most of the time, I don't even wear a watch. And that watch, I've just... At the, uh, one time, my children were so excited about this. This is this name, this, this, this. I told you people, I said, why? Where are you learning these things from? This belt is from here. This, this is this shoe, this type of shoes, different names. So one day I brought out a name. I said, look at this. He said, is it real? I said, hold it and see whether it's real. He said, we have all these. We don't even wear them. You are so impressed. What we are after? White stone. Hidden manna. You continue to follow earthly, uh, Gucci uh, things. Monster. You are looking for designer earth. You are looking for white ropes. Just a few people know the value of what you have. It's an expensive thing. It's just a few people who know. And always people think that, you know, they have ideas. So brothers and sisters, let us focus on these heavenly things. Amen. Amen. The next reason is because because Jesus is standing at the door of the hearts of many people waiting for an opportunity to come in. It's knocking. Revelation 3 verse 20. It is number 46, right? Alright? He's standing at the hearts, at the doors of the hearts of people. Amen. You know, sometimes you are at somebody's door. He doesn't know you are there. Sometimes somebody has to call and tell him, you know somebody's standing outside your gates. And that's our job, to, to make the calls and inform that, you know, there's, there's people outside. There's somebody at your door. There's somebody at the gate. It's knocking, ringing, trying to come in. Amen. And we have to tell them. We have to tell them. Tell them, even if they don't believe it. We have to tell them that Jesus is standing at the door. Knocking. Can I come in? Can I come in? Did I tell you the story of Margaret? You know the story of Margaret. You don't know the story of Margaret? Margaret. (laughs) Margaret is somebody... There was a certain young man in Germany. This is a true story. It was Reinhard Bonke who told this story. He said he read it in in the newspaper. And he said, this Margaret, uh, she was married to this nice young man. And when the war came, they had to take all the young men to go and fight. So they had just gotten married. And this young soldier was taken to Poland or somewhere. And in the first few days that he went to the war, he was captured. And he was put in the prison. And he was thinking about Margaret. Every, he, he wanted to stay alive so that he could come back home to his wife 
Margaret. Every day they would give them work to do. Carry stones here, dig this. Every step he took, Margaret. Margaret. He was thinking about Margaret. When he went to sleep in the night, he laid down in the prison cell with all the other prisoners of war. He would close his eyes. He would think about his beautiful, beautiful wife. He had just married. He was thinking about Margaret. So one day, the war ended. Or they was getting to the end of the war. And they were now releasing prisoners to go back. So the, the prison officer came one day with a list of all the names of the people who had been released. And they read all the names. And his name was not on the list. And he was so broken. And that night he went to sleep. And once again, you see, he was... He wanted to escape because he wanted to see Margaret. <laughs> so the next day, can you believe, they brought another list. And they went through all the names. And this time, his name was on the list. He was so happy. He said, I'm going home. I'm going home to see Margaret. <laughs> So he went, they got out, I think they had a train, they took it and they went on a journey all the way for hours and days till they got to Germany. When he got to his town, the whole town was destroyed, the war. In Germany, there was so, recently I went to Cologne, there's a big cathedral there, and they told me that during the war, that was the only building that was not destroyed, and it was it was what the Air Force pilot, they didn't destroy it because that was what they were using to know where they were. Because of that cathedral, you see it in the air. And I saw a picture of the whole German town totally smashed. And only that cathedral standing. The cathedral in Cologne, the Catholic cathedral. Very, very huge. In it, you have the tombs of the three wise men. In gold. It stands in the church like that. The three wise men. Who came to look for Jesus? <laughs> Anyway, all right. So anyway, so when he came to the town, the whole town was destroyed. And he went, he found the way to where he used to live. And can you believe it? The house where he was with his wife, Margaret, was still standing. Yeah. And his heart started to beat. I'm going to see Margaret. The house is there. He was, he was so excited. And he came up to the door, put his bag down, and started knocking. And suddenly he heard footsteps. And he knew those footsteps. Those were the steps of Margaret. And his heart started to beat even more. And suddenly the moment of truth came. And the door opened. She turned the key and opened the door. And who was there? Margaret. Bonke said, Margaret was more beautiful than the shining sun. 
she was more beautiful than ever more voluptuous as she stood there he lifted his hand and she said Margaret I am here Margaret I am back and suddenly something terrible happened Margaret held the door and slammed the door shut and he shouted, Margaret, Margaret, I am your husband. Margaret, I am back. But Margaret slammed the door and closed the door. Do you want to know why? Do you want to know why the door was closed? This man was knocking outside the door. Do you want to know why Margaret slammed the door and kept her? wonderful husband out do you want to know why because there was another man inside the house (laughs) oh margaret oh margaret you see the reason why people are not receiving Jesus Christ into their heart is because the devil is in the house. The devil is in the hearts of the people. The devil is there. So Jesus is knocking. He's knocking, 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 knocking. Open the door. And the devils and demons are in the hearts of people. And we have to tell them. We must tell them that there's somebody very important. Open the door for him. He's standing at the door of your heart. Open, Margaret, open. It's the right person who is coming. Let that wrong person go out. Hallelujah. Oh, Margaret. Oh, Margaret. (laughs) How many reasons do you have? 46, 47. So you must be a soul winner so that you will be a, you will receive a divine autograph. So that you receive a divine autograph. Revelation chapter 3 verse 12. Him that openeth, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And I will write upon him the name of my God. You know how people bring their little, can you sign, can you sign, can you sign, can you sign? Jesus is going to come with his pen. Come, you come. He's going to sign. No, not on a book. He says, look. He says, I will write upon him the name of my God. And the name of my, the city of my God. which is, And I will write upon him my new name. I will write on him my new name. Hey! So, when you go and somebody is fooling, you show them the sign and that. Look carefully at the signature. Hey! The sign on you. Your signature. Somebody else should come. Come and get a sign on you. What? I'll write on him my new name. I'll write on him my new name. I'll write on him my new name. I'll write on his forehead. Hey. 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 
same again when you go and you tell them about Jesus. Never the same again. Never the same again. Look, you can give them money but you've not given them Christ. Money doesn't change people's lives. Money often destroys people's lives. Number 48. You must be a soul winner so that you receive heavenly positions. To him that overcometh, I will grant to sit in my throne. Amen. How many want those heavenly positions? Even as I also overcame and I'm set down with my father in his throne. Revelations 3.21. Alright. Number 49. You must be a soul winner in order to break every tribalistic tendency in you. Some of us are tribalistic, nationalistic, ethnocentric. Your life is centered around your ethnicity. 
centered around your color. It's centered around who you are and what you are like. But you need to break that thing in you. Amen. And the Bible says the apostles and the brethren who were in Judea heard in Acts 11 verse 1 and 2 that the Gentiles had received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him. So people were contending with, with, Jesus, with, uh, the, with uh, Peter for going to preach to Gentiles. Christians, why did you go there? What is there? How did you do that? You know, but I tell you, if you are South African, God is trying to break every tribalistic South African spirit in you. You you are not much good if you are just centered around your little country and your little tribe. It's only during soccer that we are allowed to choose our country. Do you understand? And if your country is not playing and your spiritual country is playing, then you back your spiritual country. What is your spiritual country? Ghana. So I hope you've been supporting Ghana. Yeah. I support Ghana. The day when we were playing the first match, I prayed that God, I prayed for three players. I prayed for Suleiman Tari. That God should anoint his toes. And his toes were anointed. Hey! Even I heard the British commentator saying, when he shot it, he said, he sees there is something more than ordinary in that right foot. But he didn't know that I have prayed for an anointing on the toes. It seems there is something special in that right foot. Amen. I want you to break that tribalistic thing. It is a very terrible hindering thing. In fact, it is one of the only things that can prevent you from doing well in the ministry. For instance, do you know that in America... You know, or even all over the world, when people go to church, I mean, that's the time that you see color. White go here, black go here. Sunday morning, the most segregated hour of all. The time that we say we are worshiping is the time when we segregate more. We separate. Nigerians go to Nigerian churches. Ghanaians go to Ghanaian churches. Uh, Congolese go to Congolese churches and all it goes on and on and on and on but we need to break that spirit and go international amen Amen. we didn't come to South Africa to win Ghanaians we came to win souls a soul is a soul I said a soul is a soul and it's precious to God he may be a carpenter. He may be a watchman. He may be a tailor. But a soul is a soul. And it's precious to God. He may be a Nigerian. He may be a Ghanaian. He may be Togolese. He may be from Ivory Coast. But a soul is a soul. And it's precious to God. He may be South African. 
Maybe from Botswana. It may be from Zimbabwe. It may be from Namibia. But a soul is a soul. I said a soul is a soul. And it's precious to God. Everybody say after me, a soul is a soul. And it's precious to God. Amen. Amen. You know, you should be able to marry anyone God tells you to marry. Let, let me let me let me let me let me give you a little test to see if you are cured of your tribalistic. Do you want that test? Should I show you the test? How many want to know the test that will show whether you are cured that thing? If you imagine hypothetically that you have to marry now, can you marry? Somebody from anywhere, or you can marry only somebody like you. There is a song, Somebody Like You Love Somebody Like Me. Is there not a song like that? Yeah, sing it. Somebody Like You Love Somebody Like Me.